Hello everyone and welcome to our service today. I am recording today from Coronation Park in Oakville, which is one of my favorite places to come when I need to see and be near the water. As you know, our region is under a state of emergency at present with a stay-at-home order, which means we are not able to meet in person. So in the meantime, we continue to meet online only and we will return to in-person services once we are able to do so. In the meantime, please make sure you follow us on social media. Keep an eye out for emails that are sent out every week with updates of things that you need to know. And also just remind you that we do meet on Sunday mornings to watch the service together over Zoom and then end with a brief prayer time. We'd love to have you join us. Well, that's it for now. We're glad that you're here and we pray that you'll enjoy the service.
and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar in foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, behold the works who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear into two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Well, good morning, everyone. You know, when I was four years old, my parents and myself, along with my dad's parents, took a trip together through the northeastern United States. We had taken a boat from Yarmouth, Nova Scotia to Bar Harbor, Maine, and we'd gotten detained far too long at customs, putting us far behind of schedule for making it to the place where we had reservations for the night. As midnight approached in the dark on a very deserted stretch of highway, we suddenly got a flat tire. Now, pretty much everyone listening is old enough to know the possible danger or fear associated with a situation like that. But like I said, I was only four. I'd been asleep in the backseat with my mom and grandma, and although I awoke a bit to know what was happening, there wasn't the slightest concern on my part. Some of that was the naivety of being only four years old, but the biggest thing was simply that my dad was there. He would take care of it like he had always taken care of everything. I had nothing at all to be afraid of. Dad was with us. And if my mom and grandma were concerned, which they no doubt were simply because they were all grown up and knew what it was like to have their minds race with fear of the unknown, they sure didn't show it. 
Don't you wish sometimes that you could be that young and naive again and just know that daddy will take care of it? It's such a simple, peaceful time. Now, I do want to say that for anyone listening who did not have that level of trust in the people who were meant to take care of you um, when you were young and vulnerable, I'm very sorry. It's not how it was supposed to be. And I want to let you know that even if the people entrusted with your care as a child were not worthy of that trust, that your Heavenly Father loves you, and He is. And when you look to Him in times of fear, you can know the peace that only He can give. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. As part of our series, Overcoming Fear, today we are going to look back at a, at a beautiful psalm, Psalm 46, one of my very favorite, which has already been read for you. And thank you so much, Mateo, for that excellent reading. This psalm helps us to understand that we can overcome fear when we remember these simple, often repeated, but very true words and not just words, a truth, that God is with us. I think it's safe to say that we're all afraid of something, and, and I'm not talking about fear of the dark or our own shadow or, like we talked about last week, rodents, roller coasters. I'm talking about much deeper fears, fears that wind up shaping our lives and affecting how we live. Now, fear can be good. It can keep us safe and alive. It can heighten our senses and awareness and keep us more alert and prepared. We need to be able to run from danger. But misplaced or prolonged fear is a thief. It robs us of our peace. It creeps in undetected and it does a lot of damage. And fear not only takes a spiritual toll on us, but a physiological, an emotional, and a mental one as well. According to the website Facty Health, here are just a few of the negative physiological and mental issues or results of fear. Heart damage from this vital organ being overworked and stressed due to the constant bombardment of stress hormones. Depression from feeling the sensation of fear on an almost daily basis and feeling like nothing can be done about it a weakened immune system. Constant fight or flight responses cause an upsurge in adrenaline and cortisone and long-term exposure to those chemicals can actually weaken your immunity. And finally, reduction in memory as all of our powers of concentration are put towards the fear. It's so easy to experience fear, especially right now. On top of everything else you might be facing, this year has been a year unlike any other. The fears associated with COVID and the changes to our normal lives that have been caused by COVID are a constant reality. The constant fear that we or someone we love will get sick and possibly not recover. Fear for the mental and emotional well-being of our kids. Fear for our jobs, our finances, our futures. These are fears that in the light of day, we may be able to keep at bay and fight off. But when the light goes out at night and we are alone with our thoughts, we find much harder to dismiss. There are moments when fear seems to rush in and leave us anxious and panicked in its wake. 
but when fear overwhelms us, we can overcome it and know peace by being reminded that God is with us. And that's what Psalm 46 is all about. This is a song with three stanzas and two pauses. Stanza one, God is with us. Pause and think about that. Stanza two, God is always with us. Pause and again, think about that. Stanza three, God has always been with us and will always be with us. Now, some think the song was written about the victories of King David over the Ammonites and the Moabites. Others are of the opinion that it's about the siege of Jerusalem by Sennacherib in the time of King Hezekiah. Others still are sure it's a prophecy about actual things still to come. It could be one of them. It could be none of them. More likely is the suggestion that these are all figurative expressions meant to draw our minds to thoughts of all different kinds of troubles. In other words, imagine the very worst hypothetical disaster that you can imagine. The very scariest thing that could ever happen to you. And even then, you don't have to be afraid because God is our refuge and help. And whatever this psalm refers to, the one thing that we know is that it is applicable to any time of confusion, distress, calamity, or fear that we can face either collectively or individually. And I so think that this has particular relevance to us right now. So stanza one, God is with us. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. I don't know about you, but the things that we are called on to face can sometimes feel like an earthquake or a storm, like the earth is just changing beneath our feet like the mountains are sinking into the heart of the sea where there was once a quiet ocean. It's now turned into a raging sea and the waves are splashing higher and higher. All of a sudden trouble is there. Fear grips us and it feels like there is nothing that we can do about it. But in the worst moments of our life, when we feel like we will be literally sucked in by the storm or dissolve like the mountains, God is near. He is present and able to be found. And in him, we will find the shelter from the storm. The word refuge comes from the verb meaning to flee or to take shelter in. God is the one we can run to in the midst of the chaos that surrounds us. He is our refuge from the enemy. He is our strength when life's circumstances drain us. He is a very present help. He is not that God who helped us some time ago in the past and now he's turned a blind eye and he's not the God who will someday help us. He is present in the midst of our current trouble and he will help us. And this word trouble, it basically covers anything and everything that would cause us to be anxious or fearful. The songwriter's use of the term Though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea conveys two ideas. First, a literal idea that even if the most fixed thing on earth, the mountains, were uprooted and sank into the sea, even then there would still not be reason for fear. And secondly, it conveys a symbolic idea that even if the most established thing on earth, what 
whatever you think that to be, the nation that you live in, the government, institutions, even perhaps your solid marriage and family, even if those things were to dissolve, even then you do not need to fear. The idea is that whatever the chaos, the change, the threat, the danger, we can place our confidence in a God who does not change. And the image of the waters roaring and foaming? Have you ever stood by the ocean shore during a powerful surf? I'll never forget standing at the North Shore in Hawaii where the best surfers go. Just approaching the shore was terrifying. That pounding surf was so loud and powerful in its force. I actually couldn't approach as closely as other people could. I was afraid. And I certainly could not even imagine riding those waves on a surfboard. I've also stood 60 feet back from the Atlantic Ocean shoreline and have a rogue wave come from nowhere and wash out our fire and all our supplies. Another story for another time, but suffice it to say, the ocean surf is powerful. And when we are in the midst of the troubles of our life, it feels like we could be completely swept out to sea by the storm raging all around us. A lot of us can only feel calm when everything in our lives is settled and calm. We hope and we pray for our circumstances to change, for calm to come to our lives so that we don't have to face what we are facing. If things would just calm down, then we wouldn't have to be so fearful. Well, I don't know about you, but for the most part, it feels like my life is a game of whack-a-mole. Remember that game? You know, one problem disappears and another pops up only to have another one pop up and, and the old one pop up again and again and so on. You get the picture. But life is a series of troubles and many of them all at once. The songwriters here are saying that even if everything is as unsettled as in our lives, as the unpredictable and raging ways of the ocean, even then we can know calm. If we will allow God to be our refuge, our strength and our very present help, we can overcome fear no matter what our current circumstances look like. And here we need to pause and reflect as indicated by that word Selah, which is basically a musical notation indicating a pause in the music for reflection it indicates a breath long enough to meditate and contemplate on the words just sung before moving on. In our fast-paced world, it is important that we pause and reflect. Moments of quiet meditation and contemplation slow our heart rates and help us to encourage ourselves with the faithfulness of God in the past so that we have renewed hope for the future, yes, but also strength to face our current situation. So breathe in, God is with us. Breathe out, God is with us. That brings us to stanza two. God is always with us. The scripture said, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the most high. God is in the midst of her, she will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar, the kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice 
the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Here we have, in contrast to that raging sea which threatens to engulf the mountain, in fact, we see a gentle flowing river. Again, the river spoken of here is not a literal river, but a figurative one. There is an allusion, yes, to the river of Kidron or the waters of Shiloh that ran through the city of Jerusalem. This water brought life uh, where there would most certainly be death otherwise. It also brought joy as the people flourished in its abundance. But the word river is not meant to be understood that way necessarily. It's meant to be understood ultimately in the figurative sense. It's a symbol of God's presence, his love, grace, and mercy, and blessing flowing through his people and making their hearts glad and bringing life and abundance where otherwise there would be defeat and death. The city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High, God is in the midst of her. These are references to Jerusalem, the place where the tabernacle of God was, where his presence lived. And for us, it is also symbolic of Jesus, who John introduced as the Son of God who tabernacled among us. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And just as God was in the midst of Jerusalem, he is with us in the midst of our lives. He's not watching from a safe distance. He is with us. And because he is, we do not need to be moved. Even if the entire earth should move, we can find ourselves on the firm foundation that is God. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Now the words when morning comes. If you know me, you're probably going to know that I love these words. Morning is when everything is new and things seem more possible. Things look less scary in the light of day. Scripture tells us that his mercies are new every morning. When morning comes, here is also a reference to the moment just before dawn, the moment when it is most dark. And it suggests that even in our darkest moments, we can know the presence of God. And the dawn's also symbolic of a new season. So whatever you are facing today, whatever your fears and anxieties, this season too shall pass. The darkness will give way to light. Morning will come. Next, we see a bit of a survey of the experiences of the Israelites throughout their history and God's deliverance of his people each and every time. The nations made an uproar, kingdoms, they may have tottered, but all it took was one word from God to bring an end to the conflict. Truly, the whole universe is subject to his authority. The Lord of hosts. This is a reference to God having control over all the armies of the earth, the one who has countless angels at his command, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is with us. We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. As Franklin D. Roosevelt said, the God of Jacob this is added to show that God is a very personal God. He is the God of the covenant who keeps his promises. Next, we see a bit of a survey of the experiences of the Israelites throughout their history and God's deliverance of his people each time. The nations may have made an uproar. The kingdoms may have tottered, but all it took was one word from God to bring an end to the conflict. Truly, the whole universe is subject to his authority. The Lord of hosts, 
This is a reference to God having control over all the armies of the earth, the one who has countless angels at his command, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is with us. We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. The God of Jacob, this is added to show that God is a very personal God. He is the God of the covenant who keeps his promises. He is with us always because he promised to be, and he is our stronghold, our tower, that high place to which we run, where we can be safe from the onslaught of the enemy and from our own fears. And now again, Sila. Let's pause and reflect on this. Breathe in, God is with us. Breathe out, God is always with us. And now stanza three, God has always been with us and always will be with us. Come behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then a repeat of these important words. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The songwriter here is encouraging us to look back and see what God has done so that we can look forward without fear. Come behold the works of the Lord. It's basically saying, hey, let's watch this review of all the things that God has done, who has wrought desolations in the earth. This references any occasion where God delivered his people from impending peril. In other words, you know, remember all those times that he's delivered us from our enemies? He can do that for anything that's the enemy of your peace, if you'll let him. War? It's no match for God. He has the final say. He easily breaks all the symbols of warfare, everything that represents our destruction. This reference to burning the chariots of fire may refer to the custom of collecting all the spoils of war and placing them in, into a heap. Anything that was something that they could not take back with them, something that they could not move. And then this heap would be set on fire so that the enemy nation would not be able to steal them back again and use them against them in the future. It was common to burn the chariots. Chariots were a symbol of the enemy's power and the burning of them invokes the idea of the opposite of war. The main point is to show that in the midst of the warfare of our lives, when our enemy is set on our defeat and we are fearful, we can trust God and know peace, peace that surpasses all human understanding. And now we come to the most well-known part of the psalm, cease striving or be still, as your translation might say, and know that I am God. These words used for be still or cease striving mean to cast down, to let fall, to be relaxed, especially the hands. For me, when I read these words, I always envision someone fearful running around, flapping their hands, as it were, or wringing them in concern. But here we're told to do something else. This verse, in fact, refers to stopping doing one thing in favor of doing something else. You there, cease striving. In other words, just stop for a minute. Here you are all in a flap because of the chaos around you. Stop, 
Relax in God. Let go. Let go of whatever you're carrying today. Let go of your crippling fear. If you will take a moment to sila, to stop and be quiet and reflect on all that he has done for you in the past, you will know in your heart that you can trust him to be your refuge and strength now. You can overcome fear. He says, I will be exalted in the earth. And this means that he has the final say and the story is far from over. I will be exalted in the earth means that he has the final say and the story is far from over. When we finally stop flailing about in fear and allow ourselves to be still before him, we are able to sit and watch him do what only he can do. God comes and disarms the enemy. He takes our fear and he replaces it with peace. And if this Lord of hosts, this God of Jacob is such a personal God, we know that he is for us as much as he is with us. And so we see the contrast again, this imagery of war and destruction on one hand and quiet stillness on the other. In the midst of disasters and instability, he brings peace. Not once the danger is passed, but right in the middle of the danger. In conclusion, you know, as believers, we are not immune to trouble or the fear it causes. But as those who claim to know God, we should know what to do when trouble comes and then be able to help others do the same. Each new year brings us 365 or every four years, 366 days of uncertainty. But every second of every hour of every single day, one thing is absolutely true. God is with us. No matter what happens, no matter what life may bring, even if everything that can go wrong does go wrong, even if we don't get one second between trouble, we are safe in the care of God. When the ground below us is shifting sand, when chaos surrounds us, God is our safe refuge and strength. This Psalm is not just about community or global chaos, tragedy and insecurity. We're all facing those things right now. It's also about personal chaos, tragedy and insecurity. Whatever you are facing, private or public, whatever is in an uproar, whatever totters on the brink of destruction, God is in your midst. He is with you. He has always been and he always will be. And because God is our refuge and strength, we can overcome fear. Not because everything is suddenly rainbows and unicorns, but because he is with us even when everything is as bad as it can possibly be. So take a moment and pause and reflect and let your heart be encouraged today. God is with us. Heavenly Father, we just want to pause and thank you today for your presence because it is your presence with us that makes all the difference. Troubles will come. We know we're not immune. They will come and they will rage and they will roar and they will threaten to sweep us away. 
but we hold ourselves steady as we run to you, our refuge, our strength, our very present help. Thank you, God. Thank you that you promise to never leave or forsake us. Thank you that you have always been with us and that you always will be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. against me but I will hold my ground I will not fear war I will not fear the storm my help is on the way my help is on the way oh my God he will not delay my
Thank you for joining us today. If we can assist you in any way, please do not hesitate to reach out through email or by calling us, and we'll be as prompt as we can to respond to you. God bless you, and have a great week.